Welcome, everybody, to the final, final episode of the Righteous Prick podcast and the first episode of the Title to be Determined podcast. Now, this is a sort of period of transition um, for this podcast. We're in a sort of limbo state. So it's it's honestly maybe the first non-binary podcast because it has plural pronouns because it is both the last Righteous Prick episode and the first episode of a new podcast simultaneously. So uh, sorry, all you uh, bigots out there, but this podcast identifies as a they. So while we're doing this episode, I want to offer you in the plural sense, the fans, a chance to vote on the next title for this podcast. This episode will be a sort of model of how the podcast will will be going forward. It won't be me alone in a room rambling, manic depressive style. It's me in a room with another person who will hopefully curtail me from doing all those manic depressive rants. But Mike is uh, the producer. He was actually the first tech stuff guy for all you making podcasts great again fans out there. So thank you for being with us, Mike. We appreciate uh, you being with us and being willing to produce this new upgraded podcast at Slickback Studios. I just want the people in audio to think that that was put in after. If you're watching me, you know that I said it like I knew it, but the audio people will be like, oh, did he not know? Did they have to? That sounded <laughs> that sounded like such an interesting dub. Did JL do dubbing by himself? So that was for the audio files, you're saying? Yes. Got it. Um, they'll have a totally different experience. And that's how you get people yeah. to go look and consume your content in different ways. Like it's a totally different experience. The video of JL, the audio is like this war of the world's Orson Welles experience. Who's Orson Welles? I'm 19 and stupid. Why am I even listening to this middle-aged moron? And the video will be a sort of different experience, like I was saying. So um, if you found Robin Williams annoying in Good Morning Vietnam, get ready for an exciting podcast. <laughs> Good morning, Slickback Studios. Rest in power, Robin. Anyway, the audience will be able to vote on the new title, and that will be either man versus everything or rain on your parade. You guys choose. Disclaimer, if I am not feeling your choice that day, I will veto your choice. But for now, much like America, we will have the veneer of a democracy. Oh, no, he's a left wing woke guy. He seemed like a cool bro from his douchey eyebrows and broad shoulders, but it turns out he's a beta cuck. Sorry, going back to Rogan. Jordan Peterson, you alpha male, tell me how to be a real man. Well, what you have to do is you have to be gray and weak and Canadian. The three hallmarks for a strong alpha male. Um, I'm working on the George. Calm down. You know I do good impressions. I'm working on the Jordan Peterson right now. It's horrible. Bro, I'm still going to comment in and say your Jordan Peterson is whack and he's actually a genius. You're a loser. Anyway, this show will focus, be more focused than my usual episodes. When Righteous Prick first started way back in 2012, um, I had been tired of getting called a hater. So I decided to embrace the black hat. That's a Western film analogy. We used to have Western movies and other types of movies before all we had was art house annoyances and Marvel monstrosities. Wow, alliterative today, aren't I, Mike? Anyway, uh, don't stop me now. I'm on a, a real run here. 
Um, but I used to, I was tired of being called a hater. So I put on the black hat and embraced the villain role and would pick a topic each week. And I'd invite somebody on to debate or discuss it, not debate me in the Robert Kennedy Jr. sense, but a, a real discussion, a humorous, sometimes thoughtful discussion on that topic. And I would eventually prove to the person why they were dead wrong and they were overrating uh, or overhyping or just shouldn't even like what they're claiming is good. And I thought, let's redo that with the, with the guidance of my podcast guru. Can I, can I elevate you to podcast guru status? I, I, you can do whatever you want. I'll accept it. Okay. My podcast life coach, maybe gurus too much podcast life coach. My thought that that seemed like a good hook to bring back because in his words, I was fucking aimless. No, he didn't say that, but he thought it. He definitely went to his more popular podcast after and said, you know, JL, good comedian, right? Has no fucking idea what he's doing. Like the guy, it's like, what's going on here? So we decided to, to focus it. So today's episode, you'll see, you'll see, I can just let it play out, but affirmative action is going to be the topic today, but not in a John Oliver way where I've had 13 research assistants put together an episode where we're going to discuss a topic like it's academic with six jokes thrown in. Um, it's going to be more funny and less militantly focused on mm -hmm. giving you guys good information and really just more about giving you my enlightened, hilarious opinions. I think that's, yeah. what do you think of the John Oliver, by the way? The impression or him? The impression. I, I liked it. Okay. Better than the good. Jordan Peterson, obviously it's been, it's been bubbling up more in my rotation. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't know why I turned his theme song into the friends theme song, but they're similar, probably the same artist who does it. So, um, this topic is going to be affirmative action, but not in the sense that you're thinking about, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about, it, but you'll see where we're going. Cause it's going to really focus eventually on maybe the biggest affirmative action case in the world right now. And that's Denver Nuggets center, Nikola Jokic, right. um, teaser. That's what we, I've been told that's what's called a teaser in the industry. So look at that. Now, all of a sudden you're like. I thought this guy was woke, but I didn't realize he was also going to talk about gangly, big white basketball players. I'm definitely unsubscribing now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Everyone gets it on this podcast <laughs> with both barrels. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's the key to my comedy non-success has really been the fact that let me give it to you in this terms. When I was a college basketball player, humble brag, um, my career stats looked like the stats a one week of an All-American's career. Um, but I did impressions, great impressions of everybody on the team. But by the time I left college, I realized, oh, I think most of the people in this room hate me in this locker room, hate me because when they're not laughing, it's because I'm making fun of them. And so you confuse 11 people laughing in a locker room with, Hey, I've won over the team. But at every point, someone's had a reason to be like, man, fuck that dude. Individually isolated. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And that's what I do comedically in general. It's like I'm too <laughs> yes. aggressive and much of a real comedian for left wingers to love me. They just love the fact that I got big off of like impressions of GOP people. And then the alpha, the faux alpha males out there, the Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan acolytes, they don't like the fact that. A, I criticize Trump, but B, that I will use real comedy weaponry against them. Like when I called Trump supporters, I said, Trump is the stripper pole for broken white men. 
Well, as it would happen, a lot of broken white men got in my Instagram messages and were like, your comedy sucks, dude. You're, you're nothing. And I'm like, from a 23 second joke, you decided to condemn my entire comedy catalog, which I'm sure you're not familiar with. You're telling on yourself. But when you feel good about that, you get to the end of a week and you're like, well, it seems nobody likes me. And in stupid logic, that's when you say, and that shows that I'm doing something right. Keep pushing. <laughs> yeah, just keep going down that road until someone on the left or the right assassinates you. And that's when you've really owned them. Yeah. When they when they assassinate you, that's when you go, your I last win. your last words are like, I totally owned you. <laughs> sorry I'm right. living sorry my last gasping breaths are living rent-free in your head, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these last words will be that one day. Sorry, I'm living. Like, what if Kennedy's last words to Oswald had been, sorry, I'm living rent free, bro, in your head. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, then we're going to do some comedy talk, which my old fans like. And uh, it's going to be it's not going to be your grandpappy's comedy talk. You're going to get real opinions, whether they damage my career or not. And you don't get that from a lot of people. You you get a lot of ass kissing and a lot of PR, but you're going to get real takes. Sometimes they're going to be good. Don't think this is just going to be hating. This is going to be real, real talk. Okay. Sorry to let my, the black half of my genealogy have a word, but it's going to be some real talk. Although by now white women on Instagram are probably going, um, real talk, (laughs) real talk. And that's what I've always found fascinating about social media It used to take years, maybe even decades for white people to steal the culture and art of black people. But with social media, three weeks later, some mom at yoga class is going, oh, my God, that is lit. It is fire. It is fire. It is giving me feelings. I am all in my feelings right now. Can I have a green smoothie, please? Anyway, um, but black people drink smoothies, too, now. So that 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 actually was. Hurtful both ways. So I apologize. But basically, there you go. Blah, blah, blah. Affirmative action, guys. The Supreme Court got rid of it. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of reasons. I think there's intellectual reasons to, 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 to want that to be. I think there's a strong argument in common sense that perhaps uh, economic need should be more of a priority and that there are colleges and schools that have found a way to still have ethnic and cultural and racial diversity while emphasizing economic need over financial need. Now, anybody who, though, discusses the 14th Amendment and will say things like um, it's supposed to be race blind doesn't know their history. And I believe Katanji Brown Jackson had said this in her opinion. Trust me, this is going to be academic for like a minute more at most. We'll get to hot takes and, and buffoonery soon. But the 14th, 5th, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments were race-conscious amendments. They weren't, hey, everybody should just uh, be cool now. No, it was in response to the end of slavery. And um, to dismiss that also, to pretend like those amendments, because a lot of the guys on the right love to go into the, uh, uh, the originalism. Well, the original intent of those amendments had a strong racial foundation. It wasn't some sort of colorblind scheme. But they conveniently leave that out when making their arguments, when Clarence Thomas is is hating himself to the core. Uh, you know, he's not making that that argument. But uh, I don't know. I'm 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 somebody who who benefited from affirmative action, I'm sure. 
Um, I, for college, for, for college and law school, I checked, you know, they say check all that apply. But one of the ones that applies for me is black, white and black. And they probably shouldn't have let me in, to be honest. Um, but they did. So thank you. Um, no, I did very well in high school. I did. And I did very well on tests. But my grades in college and law school were pretty mediocre. But there was nowhere else to go after law school. That was the joy. There was no, there was no place else for me to say, will you let this struggling, barely black man into your institution, please? Barely black. Uh, barely black. That's also my new website, guys. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's just videos of men who look like me having sex, uh, with Rashida Jones. Uh, that's it. That's the, that's the new porn apparently that people are into. So go, go get on that. Barelyblack.com. But, um, in all seriousness, I think, you know, I think of my own family. Um, my mom, high school educated woman. My brother was the first one in our, in our immediate family to go to college. My dad was an immigrant from Haiti. Um, and so I checked all that apply and I wrote my essay. I remember to Georgetown for law school was about, um, not feeling awkward about how people looked at me and like identifying as half black. And then there becomes this thing of like, but are you you're a black man. I'm like, I have a mirror. It's hard for me to just walk around proclaiming that I'm a black man. Now, granted, Walter White, the founder of the, the first leader of the NAACP was fucking whiter than me. You know, I don't even think his real name was Walter White. White was probably just a nickname. His name was probably Walter Jackson, but they're like, you're Walter White. And, and, and most of you are going, the breaking bad guy was in the NAACP. No, you're a fucking idiot. If you think that, okay, read a book or a Wikipedia entry. Either one will help you. But I've always had that, you know, so it's hard. Like, I know that I've benefited in some ways, but at the same time, I had excellent grades and test scores in high school. I played basketball. Um, I was editor of the high school newspaper and I still had somebody, um, I was told in the senior lounge when I got into Williams college, which is a good college. They said, you know, JL only got, uh, got in cause his dad's black. Now, granted, I also had great grades, great SAT scores, was on the bass, was going to play college basketball at Williams and was the editor in chief of the school newspaper. But to some people, and this was definitely not one of my classmates going to like Harvard or Yale. It was definitely some bitter piece of shit who was like, Oh, he's only doing that because his dad's black. And it's like, you get that double edged sword where, you know, in some respects you think, well, will people, will people think I'm automatically not qualified if, if, if I'm sort of benefiting from affirmative action or, or whatever the case may be. But, um, I also come from, even though my, neither of my parents is a lawyer, I, in my history in, in Haiti, my great grandfather, I believe Luxembourg Covin, look him up. Uh, you know, black people in foreign countries can also have funky names. Um, but he was on the, the Supreme court of Haiti. I'd like to think he was maybe like a Sonia Sotomayor or a Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I hope he wasn't like the Haitian equivalent of Clarence Thomas. Um, well, they were all black also. That wasn't a rage. I was just saying his judicial philosophy. But the point is, you know, there's things in my may, maybe if I, like like there's things in my past that would maybe indicate that I had more privilege or my mom had a good job, even though she wasn't college educated. So a lot of these factors create confusion and things. But there's there's this desire in this country to be like, we're not consider like you should never consider race. And this is racist to consider race. It's like these these very simple black and white, forgive the pun, views on affirmative action and race that are so simple, but they appeal because I think the average person or the median person in this country is a, is a fucking lowbrow simpleton. That's right. I'm not looking 
to be the podcast for everybody. I want the elites, preferably though, like a million of you elites. Okay. That's, I think we're good. Like if we get a million elites, there's a million elites. There's like nine, (laughs) but you, you get anyway, I've turned off everybody, but the point is, um, I've seen, you know, there's, I think there's a future where this could, there will be some, some growing pains, some birthing pains, um, unfortunately with creating a new system now that sort of affirmative action is gone. But my recommendation, I say this first off, uh, from my law firm experience, hire hot Asians. Like, in other words, if you want people to feel less angry about it, make sure that the, the high test score people that you that may get a bump from this are the hot ones. Um, my law firm, I will say this, uh, I've been, I was recently laid off. So please join the Patreon, buy an album, et cetera. Um, but I always had a f- sneaking suspicion that somebody in the hiring committee high up at my law firm loved Asian women because the Asian women at my law firm were hot. There were a lot of nice looking men and well, not really. There were a lot, a lot more nice looking women than men. My theory on the legal profession, Mike, yep. is when a guy gets a job paying him mid six figures before he's 30. He goes, Oh, I'm done. I can now eat steak and be a fat because my, the main component of my attractiveness has been completed mission yeah. accomplished. Yes. I have a lot of money, a sweet apartment in Manhattan. Let's go. Yeah. The women who get hired at these jobs, I always notice they look like the, uh, at 5 AM, I had a hot hit class mm-hmm. and then I had a, 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 a vegan smoothie. Yep. Um, and now I put on four inch heels and I'm ready to bill 11 hours a day and then go, you know, fuck some dude's brains out with my strong core muscles and my, my whatever. And they're like, this is the big, the energy on the women in the firm was like, this is the beginning of my conquest. And the men are like, I did it. I'm rich. I think you are a hundred (laughs) percent right. I got, I got dumped at the beginning of the year by a hot woman who had just passed the bar. <laughs> I, I was like, that's right. I, I, I am no longer on your, like I'm out kicking my coverage now. It's, but it's, it's, it, it only makes them as staff attorneys sitting in a, like looking like a schlub. I'm like, God, you don't, it, it, the energy it's hotter. I I've always said my fetish, I have many, but my, my main one is like, I love office attire, mm-hmm. a woman in, 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 in good looking office attire, you know, it, whether it's a porn or Hillary Clinton in a pantsuit, I'm rock hard. Yeah. And that's what most people have said about Hillary Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. She makes me hard. Yeah. The way she, the way she fills out that pantsuit, even the calf area. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, my mom will not like this. We're all Hillary fans in my family, but my mom, if it was between me and Hillary, I think she'd be like, what have you done for the country? Right. Um, but I feel like when I looked at the, these women, it was like they looked at the law firm as the stepping stone. Like I'm here to either advance a career or to find a suitable mate. But the mission is not over. Whereas a guy yeah. is like, I make I'm 29. I make 390 K a year as a lawyer. I, I, I just bought a two bedroom apartment in Manhattan. I know this may not sound appealing to other people outside this city. They're like, a two-bedroom apartment? I own a mansion outside of Jacksonville for (laughs) (laughs) $3,800. Bought that bitch cash. Um, But that's like, you can't help but like have this mindset of like, I did it. But my point being, the, the people who hired in my law firm, they 
whatever man or woman, this is a progressive podcast, had a thing, I think, for Asian women. Because we weren't, we didn't have the equivalent accompaniment of hot Asian men. We had schlubby Asian men smoking Asian women. And I was just like, somebody in the committee is like trying to stack the deck. Like, I don't want them to have equally hot Asian partners to choose from. I want to stack the deck for mid-50s beer belly rich guy. So let's and but my point is, you know what I wasn't thinking about looking at my people walk around my firm? Affirmative action. Occasionally I'd be like, there's a lot of Asian people at this firm. But I'd be like, but you know what? A lot of them are hot. <laughs> so it's okay. So I think that's if you want <laughs> so to okay. <laughs> if you want to ease the transition of stripping opportunity from from black and Latino people, one way to sort of you know, think of it as like um, like more a morphine drip. <laughs> you know, you're killing the opportunities and and, uh, and and economic growth potential for major communities in this country. But if you're drifting away into that abyss and you're seeing a bunch of smoke and Asian women, you're like, oh, well, that's OK, too. Um, so that's just my advice. I'm trying to break, bridge the divide, create a peaceful atmosphere. I don't want the tension to rise. That's what it's all about. Um but I will say this, the most attractive man I've ever seen in my life, Asian man. I was walking through Koreatown. I don't mm-hmm. think he was Korean, though. I think he was just trying to flex on all the Koreans. Right. Like, you can't have this. Right. But he was about 6'4". If I, I would describe him as like, he was almost like a, a 6'4", Chris, Asian Chris Hemsworth, but it, but it looked like all he did was mountain climb and surf for his physique, not roids yes. and, and powerlifting and CrossFit. Just like a natural athlete. Yeah, but yeah. It, but it, well, like I I was just, I got caught like staring, not sexually, but in a whoa. Yeah. Like I was just kind of like whoa. Like I like I just seen a sunset. There are men that are like that, but they have to be so handsome. They had they they're like. They're heavenly almost. In like a way what if you're Steve like, Aoki were actually Chris Hemsworth? Yeah. That's what I was looking at. Like Steve Aoki, not an attractive, <laughs> but he had the long hair of yeah. Steve Aoki. And I'm, I'm not a long hair guy. On women, yeah. it's fine. Men, I usually find it disgusting. Yeah. This guy, though, I was just like, I, I like paused in the crowd. Not like, like I was walking on the street. I just, I was like, I don't want him to catch me staring at him. Yeah. But I was like, this dude is like. I must st- follow him. And And this is a guy <laughs> who should be fucking. The attorneys at the firm I used to work with is my point. Naturally. But yeah. instead the deck, the deck is stacked yeah. for these, these nothings who aren't even hitting the gym in the morning to keep up. I'm with telling the, you, those with women, the hot Joneses, those women find the, the Steve Aoki's who, who are suitable to wield Thor's hammer. They find them. <laughs> I'm telling you, those hot guys are not like settling for not hot women. Oh, <laughs> they date it, hot Asian lawyers. Oh, man. I'm telling you. But I felt it just, you know, anyway, my point is silver linings to ending affirmative action. Silver I'm lines. not here to just, there won't be wailing and gnashing of the teeth. Sorry for the biblical reference, but uh, I'm, I'm biblical like that. But, um, you know, there's just ways we can move ahead and ease the pain of the next several years before we find a workable uh, strategy to 
create more opportunity for disadvantaged uh, groups of people. But don't believe anybody who just says it was supposed to be colorblind is the point. Okay, that was enough serious talk, but I think I threw in enough misogyny and questionable things to make it entertaining. Yeah, it is a podcast. For anybody who could get through that minute of education. Oh, my brain hurts. Why is he talking about stuff? Um, But I will also say, I I think, you know, affirmative action is a state issue like a state action issue. But a lot of the people you see complain about it, employ affirmative action in their own lives and don't see the hypocrisy or why, you know, just look at the podcast world. There's all sorts of guys. If they're, especially if they're right of center, you know, they'll be like, well, that's why black people are lazy and do crime. Look at the data, right? Jamal, my guy who emceed for me once, but now is my co-signer of every offensive thing I say. So I can say Jamal likes it. (laughs) You know, well, you know, Middle East, they are basically uh, hateful terrorists, right, Ahmed? The guy who once did a guest spot on my show, but now I have sit here and just take all this energy and just nod because you want the opportunity. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. So there is affirmative action everywhere is what I'm saying. And some people, I think the best kind of affirmative action are the people who use it to raise up a group rather than co-sign their bullshit. I agree. I think I think we should get rid of the bullshit co-signers first before we get rid of the the guy who's or gal or non-binary whose SAT scores might have been slightly below what was appropriate for the school. But anyway, we'll see. We're, we're going to have more fun stories in the days, weeks and years ahead, I'm sure, on this topic. Um, but, uh, you know, ease the tension. Hot, hot Asian chicks. Is my point. If you take anything away from this podcast. Yeah. If there's any lesson, it's just, I'm telling you, it, it made me feel less indignant about the poor social habits of the people I worked with. Cause I was like, ah, but you know what? Pretty hot. <laughs> so that's all preamble to our main topic. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, maybe the biggest affirmative action case in the world today, Denver Nuggets center, Nikola Jokic, when we return. And we're back to podcast name to be determined later. Uh, Mike, did I ever mention to you that when I was on Craig Ferguson, I was totally ripped? I, I think I first heard the story seven years ago, but I've heard it multiple times. It's, since. it's my Polk High four <laughs> touchdown game at Polk High. At least there's video evidence of it, but it's every day that goes on that I don't get to the gym, that my shoulder hurts, that I get like looks of concern rather than desire from attractive women in the streets. I, I lean on that more heavily. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to get to a point where like, it's going to be like a sad version of American psycho where I'm masturbating to video of me as a 28 year old. Like, God, I was so great back then. Yeah. Uh, that's an American psycho reference for anybody who doesn't know what I'm talking about. If I lost you with the Orson Welles reference or the American psycho reference, I apologize. We're here to talk about Nikola Jokic. Now, some of you are probably out there going, wait, first of all, Nikola Jokic is a phenomenal basketball player with an, a beautiful game. And he's also white. So I don't even know what kind of affirmative action bullshit JL is trying to spin here, but I'm not having it. Well, you can go, but please go to my Patreon first. (laughs) Um, My point with Nikola Jokic is something happened with his, 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 the the way the NBA and we're in the NBA off season, but it's now a 365 day, a, a year league similar to the NFL. But, um, I wanted to let Nicola, if I can call him that, Nicola Cola, that's my nickname for him, uh, enjoy his post celebration, his, his, you know, he didn't seem like he was enjoying it, but I, I wanted him to in, maybe enjoy 
uh, his, his parade and everything after winning the title. But it seemed he quickly got this weird combo of like black dudes on social media, like sweating him. And my theory is because he's actually not threatening. He's not playing a game that most other than Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan's the only black guy on earth watching Nikola Jokic play basketball going, God, I wish I could play yeah. like that. Nice. I love, I love below the rim fundamental basketball. I get hard from it. <laughs> most black dudes, most white dudes are kind of just like, uh, okay, old man, a nice George Mikan game, <laughs> but something switched with Jokic. And I think it was, it was a reverse of when Obama won Iowa in 08, black people began, I saw this, began to embrace him much more heartily because he had won over corn-fed white people. So it became no longer about doubting his blackness, but embracing him 150%. Like, oh, he can win with the white people? Oh, that's that's my black dude. I will never question his blackness again. Mm. And with Jokic, there's like this this kind of flip of like, Oh, he's not threatening. He he's he doesn't have the same game. So it's not like I'd have to compare him to a, 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 a previous athlete or player I like. But it also became almost this hoops version of affirmative action. Like, oh, his strength is that he doesn't jump high and that he's slow and looks like he has love handles and looks like Tim Robinson from Netflix. Yeah. Like these all play into this kind of. You know, the same, like, like there's this vibe that, you know, the skinny dude in, in, in hustle and flow from, from road trip, DJ Qualls, Qualls, where (laughs) this skinny, goofy guy going, what that trick? You're like, yeah, he can come, he can come to the cookout. He can, he can, he can, he can produce my beats. That's cool. Cause there's, there's something outsider that allow like, like that you can welcome in because he's so clearly an outsider and non-threat to maybe what you traditionally enjoy. Yeah. I don't have that luxury as a biracial man. I have to hate both sides of the equation. That's how I operate. And I don't like his game that much. I respect his game. I respect the efficacy. I respect the results. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I like watching Nikola Jokic play basketball. It's slow. He pushes off a lot. I think that's affirmative action. Him and Luka Doncic... Okay, these doughy white guys, they they get to use 90s push off arm in the 2020s in offense only league. But those guys get a little a little uh, boost to their push off SAT scores when applying with the referees. If you know what I mean, you probably don't know what I mean. But when I watch Jokic play, I just go, hey, respect the results. He's obviously got skills. He hits shots that look freakish. Like he, hey, a f- one, one foot fadeaway in Anthony Davis's face that looks like it should be an air ball catches nothing but net. But it's not like I'm watching Steph Curry shoot where I'm like, this is artistry and insanity when I'm watching. It's sort of like, you know, well, what are you going to do? I guess Jokic got 30, the ugliest 30, 20, and 10 in NBA history, but it's a 30, 20, and 10. So you have to respect the results. But this kind of revision of like, oh, I love his game. Do you? Cause there have been people playing slow and like, like, did you, did you sweat and suck off Arvidas Sabonis when he was playing for the Portland Trailblazers? Like, oh, look at that giant headed monster. Look at his no look passes. By the way, 
the giant head. Look up Arvidas Sabonis. Look up the picture of him with his son, Demontis. Yeah. Demontis Sabonis is a 6'10, 260 pound behemoth. The picture of them next to each other, Arvidas, his father, um, as Craig Kilborn so eloquently said, not your Vetus or my Vetus, our Vetus. Mm-hmm. He looks like he could swallow the head of his son. His head is the size of a 32 inch television, it's enormous. But nobody sweats. But everybody talked about him when he was younger. But it was like it was never like look at his game. No, people were just like, oh, he's a good, good fundamentals man. I wish I could have seen him when he was healthier. But it was never this kind of oh my god, Jokic. And here's here's why I'm saying this is expanded. This is why I know it's a little bit of a um, affirmative action boost for Jokic in the sports sense. Two different things Jokic did that should have been treated as wrong or weird. The first was when he pushed one of the Morris twins. Now, I'm no fan of the Morris twins. Okay, I don't know them personally, but I've never been a big fan of them. But Jokic got into a kerfuffle with one of them on the court. And I apologize for not knowing which, but to me, all black identical twins look alike. (laughs) So I know I know you can revoke my half black card for that, but I'm going to go there. This podcast is going to go there and say it. Okay. The controversy. Well, you know what? You got to make these hot takes now. Text, text, text flashing, quick cut, quick cut. Yeah. You know, we got to get all that, maybe some menacing music. Um, But what I will say is it wasn't cool what he did to the Morris twin. He blasted him in the back, injured him. The guy wasn't looking. Just obliterated him in the lower back. Morris fell down. And you know Morris would have at least gotten up and done something if he could have. So yes. he was he was legitimately <laughs> injured by this dirty move. Yeah. Well, now that Jokic won the finals and is, you know, the the slow, unathletic goat, apparently. You don't mess with the you don't mess with Jokic. Yeah. That was the social media vibe when they were replaying these clips. Oh, you don't mess with Jokic. That's what happens. What he'll hit, he'll hit you in an incredibly dirty fashion. Now that's a good thing. If he was, if he had never made a finals, he'd be that bitch that, that cheap shotted the, one of the Morris twins. Yeah. But because he won, it's like, you don't mess with him. Why? Or else he'll do the, one of the dirtiest things I've seen in the last five years. That's, <laughs> that's what'll happen. Okay. If that's a good thing now, my guy, Rudy Gobert gives everybody COVID. He's a villain, but Jokic commits possibly felonious assault on a Morris twin and you don't mess with him. That's the solution, Morris twin. Um, so that was one piece of thing. And obviously you don't, and then people love to, you know, the Eastern promises uh, or, you know, the, the taken sex traffickers is what I refer to the Jokic brothers as they're in the audience and they just look, they look like they should have their own Pornhub category, them and their wives, like giant degenerates. <laughs> oh, uh, what's that? What, what do I get if I click on giant degenerates? Oh, <laughs> oh God, it's just Jokic shoving Marcus Morris in the back. This isn't what I come to Pornhub for, but these guys are massive tattooed. They look Why like their horses. <laughs> <laughs> they look like European sex traffickers is my point, but, but also bodyguards for European sex traffickers. But then the flip side of this, and thank you for bringing up horses. And don't worry, if you're not enjoying the podcast right now, um, there's going to be other content that we're going to be pumping out. That's going to be much more to the algorithms liking there. We're going to talk to porn stars. We're going to say, you know, when was your first shoot? 
Um, do you like sex? Who are your favorite guys? How big is the biggest dick that you've ever had? We're going to do it all. We're going to have video. We're going to have low cut tops. We're going to get the content that, you know, only 990 other podcasts are doing right now. But you know the rule. If Malcolm Gladwell said it, if you're not the 10,000th podcast to do something, you haven't done it enough. And, um, we're going to talk to, to, to muscular, um, white bros in suits telling you how you can get more pussy and be stronger and get rid of your loser lifestyle mentality. So we're going to get to all that stuff, of course, but we're just, this is like a soft opening. Yeah. You know, like I only signed on to this podcast to learn from these types of guests. Right. Right. Like I never fly. I, 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 I was nine years old and my mom tried to make me fly coach to Disneyland. I told that bitch to shut her fucking mouth. Yeah. Three weeks later, I was in Disneyland on a first class flight because my parents had died and I inherited a bunch of money from them and got to fly first class. And that's the sort of stuff you can learn from Power Bro Alpha Male podcast coming soon to Slickback Studios and this soon to be titled episode. But the point is the other thing Jokic did that everybody was like, oh, it's so great. When he won the title, he just walked around shaking hands. Oh, good game. Good yeah. game. Very nice. Good uh, game. Uh, you know, Giannis. When he won, tears, tears flowing, overcome with emotion on his, his muscular, his muscular, athletic looking arms. Nobody, nobody shared looking as like much a as God, n- a, yeah. a, a Greek, God. a black Greek God. Yes. The scariest. Imagine getting anal from a black Greek God. Yeah. Oh my God. That Imagine guy. that Greek salad. Yeah. Oh, Giannis must have. Guys, we're going to make black dick jokes once in a while. We're trying to be an alpha male podcast. Okay. We're not PC. There's going to be the occasional black dick joke. Yeah. Actually, there won't be. That was, that was one. That was one. Keep track. And that's it. That's all you're getting. (laughs) Okay. We don't, we don't want to, when, when other places zig, we lose money. That's our (laughs) motto here. Um, not here as far as slick back studios. Just me, me in particular. Yeah. Um, but Jokic uh, walked around shaking everybody's hand. And when they told him he had to go to the parade, had to, he looked chagrined and said he wanted to go home to his horses. And that's when I realized, first of all, I didn't think that was cool. It's funny, but it's not cool. People start it's funny because it sucks. Right. People start to portray it like he's so chill. Yeah. He's so chill. He, he doesn't even give a fuck. Yeah. He's just like. I got to go home. I got this title. I got these MVPs. I'm out. See you next season. No, 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 no. I think what we have to realize is that Jokic may be on the spectrum. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And that's fine. But I don't know if that's cool. I don't know if that's like, if we're, if we're just taking everything he does now and it like, if you spilled a bunch of toothpicks and Jokic said 221, <laughs> we wouldn't be like, Oh, he's doing math now. Jokic can do it all. We'd be yeah. like, Oh, I get it now. Yeah. Um, I've, we, we've discussed this off, off mic where it's like, there it are still certain makes me athletes. Laugh, by the way. I forgot that this was the take and then I heard it and I was like, Oh, that's right. Well, I just think <laughs> I if he has it's Asperger's, funny. it's, it's fine, but his Asperger's a performance enhancing drug. Right. You want to ask because it obviously gives him this weird focus an advantage he's not distracted by things like hoes and money and Isn't winning that a championship the point of rain man like rain man the whole well, thing i don't was think like- he had asperger's i think he was he was more severe okay got it but um, he did have an advantage at the at the blackjack table oh he crushed it at blackjack right. and they kicked him out of the st- they kicked right. him out of the casino exactly they kicked him out of the casino so my point is when you see certain athletes like a guy like ray allen great shooter uh, I, I remember reading something like he's had the exact same diet and meals for like 17 years straight. I go, that's not normal. Yep. 
you know, even when I go to the Cheesecake Factory, sometimes I throw in a little factory famous meatloaf instead of the salmon. Yeah. And, and I skip the cheesecake sometimes. I'm So like you see certain guys where you're like, wow, how is he so focused? And it's like, well, because he's using nature's alpha brain. Right. Is alpha brain a sponsor of the show? Are we in yet. talks with Rogan's people to get alpha brain on board? No, okay. Well, the so. point is nature's alpha brain might be Asperger's. And when I look at Jokic, Having these responses to things, I go, well, no wonder he's practicing one foot fadeaways from 30 feet every day. That's all he can do. Yeah. And I think we have to crack down on sports. We had roids in baseball. I think now we have to start looking at, you know, is the spectrum giving you an advantage? Do you have to be maybe separated and put into another league? A league of their own. Uh, trademark that. We're gonna, I think we're going to make a lot of money off of that. But the point is, Jokic, great player. Don't enjoy watching him. And I think we need to just just slow down on the. And that's what I'm saying that that we have affirmative action in all walks of life. Like like where Jokic, you let him, you know. And I'm talking. To, I'm 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 not defending the end of affirmative action. I want to be clear on that. But what I am saying is, if you're upset about the end of affirmative action, then go through your NBA tweets. And see how many times, you know, you know, Jokic, you know, took a shit without wiping. And you were like, my man doesn't even wipe. <laughs> That's how legit Jokic is. He won't even toilet paper can't guard him. <laughs> Check for those tweets and realize, oh, I'm kind of doing it as well. Did I have this same love for other players that were objectively right. more aesthetically pleasing. Right. Where's your Dave Cowan's tweet? <laughs> Talk about lanky white guys. Oh, Dolph Shays could get it back right. in the day. Um, so yeah, that's, I just, you know, good luck to the Jokic brothers. I hope they don't, you know, visit Slickback Studios and murder you or do whatever they do when they're not sex trafficking. I've, I've been speaking the, the truth, the gospel about Jokic on, on my sports podcast for a while. I'm not really a fan. And uh, I mean, the respect, respect. Great. Yeah. Great. Right. player. But, but, but I don't enjoy like, and when people say things like ignorant things, I'm talking to you, Dennis Rodman, Dennis Rodman, North Korea, North Korea. <laughs> this man wants peace. He wants peace. And I'm very upset. My man, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, trying to make peace <laughs> with Kim Jong-un. Um, that is my Dennis Rodman in his late 50s having an emotional breakdown during an interview impression. And it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but when you say something like Larry Bird would be playing in Europe nowadays, and Isaiah Thomas, a rival of Bird's, said, well, I, I can't agree with that because um, – <laughs> Larry Bird was putting up the same stats as Jokic winning championships. So I can't agree with that take. <laughs> you like that, Isaiah? <laughs> the face really matches. What well, I doing. get into yeah, it. When I, I do an impression, I, I let it, I let it take over. Yeah. So the point is it's been a rough week for affirmative action, but my thing is we either keep it all and we keep building a society that tries to do right or we tear it all down. We tear it all down and we have law firms flooded by hot Asian women in NBA where we stop praising lumbering white dudes as if they're not good basketball players. Yeah. And, you know, then we can have a more equitable society, but no half measures, as my guy Walter White said, not the NAACP Walter White, but the Breaking Bad Walter White. That's called Full Circle, guys. And that might be the title of this podcast. Just kidding. I prefer man against everything but don't let me don't let me skew the poll don't let me skew the poll
We want integrity in the selection, but that's, that's my take. So Nikola Jokic, congratulations on your win. I know you don't care. You, all you kept talking about was going back to your horses. That seemed totally cool and chill. Um, do you want to, do you want to go to the print? Uh, see my horses. Are you excited about winning a title horses? Um, your daughter was just born. Can we name her horse? Um, what's your favorite game to play? Um, shooting game to play in basketball pig. You were supposed to say horse Jokic. What the fuck? What? I laid it up for you. The guy doesn't care. And you say, exactly. He's, he's, he's just that red. <laughs> he's just so with it that he, he, He's playing um, Spectrum Chess yeah. when you're playing Spectrum Checkers. Yeah, yeah. But the point is, he's not that cool. He's a great player. Hot take done. Uh, we're going to take one more quick break, and then we're going to end the episode with JL's comedy talk. Stay tuned. And we're back, everybody, for the last segment of the show, which is hopefully going to be a recurring. Uh, I don't know why I did double Italian fingers there, hey, but uh, but whatever. Lafangul, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. stab me, be a killer, just like your father. <laughs> what is he talking? It's the Godfather, folks. It's the Godfather. That should that should roll off the everybody's tongue. Like, yeah, a Godfather reference should just be like, oh yeah, God. Like anybody who doesn't get, I go, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? It's a person that you know to avoid i actually like godfather too that's great godfather one's the best okay and, what? and really you think so yes oh, and if you want to call brando the tiebreaker if i have to give it like a, a legitimate like a legitimate discussion, uh, the godfather is is my favorite we're talking comedy talk mike you're derailing <laughs> my very sharply constructed podcast right now the first thing in comedy talk that we're going to end the show with every week is some of these are going to be hot recommendations some of these are going to be um you know Trashing stuff that you're going to get honest, not, not PR, not bullshit. You're going to get real hot takes on comedy. Hey, I'm willing to destroy my own career to give you guys a good product. Okay. That's how real this is. So the first thing though, I, I have to trash fans, of course, of mine, the people who actually are still fans of mine with chase whoever is still there, chase them away. Yeah. Get, get out, get out while the getting's awful. Um, my, this segment is going to just be called. Punch down of the week. Now I tweet a lot. I post a lot to social media and some of my fans are very supportive. Most of them are very supportive, but others try to use my posts as their own open mic and they often deliver horrible punches, tags to perfect jokes. Now the first one, even though this one's from May, this one I have to include because it's the, it's, it's already a first ballot hall of famer punch down, but I had written not to be outdone by Ron DeSantis announcing on Twitter, Mike Pence is announcing his campaign on Grinder. Perfect. Done. Stuck the landing. Kerry Strug, one leg. Everybody hug me. Let's have McDonald's. We're the U.S. gymnastics team. But this person decided to tag it with Pence is going to announce on Christian Mingle. Should I put a sound effect in like, no, no, I, the sign, I want the silence is, is, is the point. I get you. Just like they said of, of Trump's administration, the cruelty is the point. Yeah. The silence is the point. I, if you want to throw in like the crickets that would greet Daffy Duck when he would try to tell a joke, maybe that. I, I do have those. Yeah. That might be me more appropriate, but basically you basically downgraded my joke for what reason? That would be my question. So the point is that's going forward and I'll be able to weed out you people who are trying to like 
force your way into this conversation. I can, I can judge an authentic punch down from a, somebody clout chasing, trying to get on this podcast. But yeah, Christian Mingle, that actually seems almost plausible. That's not even a joke. That's like, here's a very horrible version of what you did. That actually might even be plausible. The antithesis of a good joke. So that's the punch down of the week, but we like to end on a recommendation. Hopefully sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll say my, I recommend you stay away from this special, <laughs> but today I'm recommending one that I watched recently. It came out, I think late last year, December, 2022, but I'm just having been recently unemployed, um, finding myself in that new status. Um, I, uh, I've been catching up on a lot of specials and this one is called Jew by Ari Shafir. And I thought it was a masterclass. I really did. I thought it was, uh, it, it, let me put it to you this way. If you guys ever see me doing a one man show, know that though I may still be living and breathing in bodily form, my soul has killed itself. Mm-hmm. If you ever see me doing a one man show, JL in half black. All right. On Broadway. I don't care if it's a Broadway theater. I don't care if it's at the garden. Know that I'm already dead inside, that I have, I've given up on my dreams, my hopes, my integrity. I'm doing a one man show. Directed by John Lizagamo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Berbiglia Leguizamo from JL Covan. Um, (laughs) This has one man show structure, but is like pure stand up. I don't know how to describe it. The, The closest parallel in terms of structure is like Gary Goldman's The Great Depression, which was like a stand up set but thematically surrounding one topic. And in Shafir's, it's Judaism and it's religion as a whole, but Judaism more specifically, obviously, if you didn't get that from the title, Jew. But I thought it was a masterclass. I thought it was, it showed what the skills of a stand-up comedian. And I don't care if you find Ari Shafir problematic or things he's done in the past or said in the past. This is, this is just, this is a safe space for people to just make funny content. (laughs) And it's a great, great special. I was, I was really like so into it. I found it funny. I found it unique and engaging. Um, and though he has a different rep and a different style in many ways than Gary Goldman, the, the, the comparison to the great depression, which is a special I love is, is I think very apt because it shows somebody doing kind of one man show things, but not taking the cop out of, Hey, great news. I only have to tell a joke every three minutes in this one man, because I'm going to go for different emotions and laughter and humor will, will be sparingly dosed throughout. It's hilarious. So I would recommend, I would recommend it highly and the great depression bonus recommendation, but that's, that's, that's like a pre pandemic special, but, but of the recent things I've seen, Ari Shafir Jew was, uh, was, was one of the best. Um, so yeah, let me know what you think. Let me know if you have any recent recommendations, uh, or whatever, you know how to find me probably if you don't, what the, what are we doing here? Like, I don't have to really say, hey, find me. A- oh, and uh, my special is out. Speaking of great specials, Tallboy is now free on YouTube. So thank you to the 40 people who financially supported it and the hopefully millions who will now freeload and watch it for free. But those ads pay me money. So go watch it, enjoy it, share it, subscribe to my YouTube. Give this podcast five stars when we get it, uh, you know, fully, fully whatevered. And uh, great ending. That's what I specialize in. I trail off. I don't have a sharp ending. So goodbye and in tribute to Righteous Prick, I will see you next Tuesday.